census taker once tried to test me. I ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. Once you go deadly, you don't go back. And I say we, not in the royal we, but because I am joined by my co-host on the show and my co-host in life, she is <gasps> the Baroness of Bordeaux, the Countess of Cabernet, the Queen Regent of Rosé, the Mistress of Merlot, the Real Housewife of Transylvania, the Michael Phelps of Wine, the Queen of the Monsters, and an Honorary Lizzie. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Ashes Von Nightmare. Shut up, baby. I know it. Yes, you should know it. This uh, episode is going to be fun on a bun. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, we uh, we uh, we hope you missed us last week. Because we missed you. But, you know, after five plus years of every single week, you know, it takes a toll. You know, sometimes you need... Uh, you just need a break. You know, mental and physical health break for one week. Because we started recording last week, and it was like, this sucks, this is terrible, and it's because we were so stressed out, you know, with with life going on, with everything happening, and it's like, you know, I, I, I'm, I you know, of the opinion that we should have just done it every single week, but, like, after a while, it was just like, this is this is just not working, we need to take it a week off. It was terrible. And so we posted the character that we are going to be covering for today, and I'm really glad that we decided to take the week off because not only are you guys super excited about the character that we're covering for today, but had we put out a really crappy episode for this character, I don't think any of you would have forgiven us. Yeah, and I wouldn't have forgiven myself because this is one of my favorite characters. And again, this is a character that, you know, uh, we have we have folks who really wanted to uh, cover this for us. Um, I mean, cover, have us cover it for them, you know, that was requested. So uh, I feel like we have to do, uh, do that character justice. And whatever the people want, the people get. Yes, unless it was an episode last week because <laughs> you guys that, wasn't, have to... that wasn't gonna happen. No, that was that was not a that was not a fun time. <laughs> no, like it just it wasn't working. Like we both you know, get like, really frustrated. Right, you know, and it's uh, it's not so bad if one of us is having an off day, but the other one is on. You know what I mean? Because the other one can kind of pull the other one out. Uh, but it would just it just it just it just was not happening it wasn't happening so thank you so much for all of your well wishes and stuff last week we really appreciate it and mm -hmm. we're back with a brand new episode covering probably one of the most beloved characters that we've covered to date yeah and with the brand new episode comes brand new episode music no i'm just kidding <laughs> uh, we do have uh we do have <laughs> 
uh, a new getting into character question, obviously. Uh, one that we started last week. <laughs> With that comes the new getting into character music. Yeah. You know what? We you should do that. Into, yeah. We no, should no. get getting into character music. Like, well, we're just getting into character. Randy we Newman can do it. Are you Randy Newman? Randy Newman can do our theme song. We're getting into character. So we're getting into character. Do, 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 do. <laughs> God. Okay, so that's how Randy Newman would do it, I think. Sure, absolutely. So, Patsy, what is our getting into character question for today? Well, the getting into (laughs) character. No, uh, getting into character question this week is: uh, we know that Bender is Fry's best friend, but if you were to go back, you know, not go back into the year three thousand. If you were to (laughs) freeze yourself and end up in the year three thousand, and you woke up. Uh, and you could, uh, knowing what you know, uh, if you could uh, navigate your way through New New York and find some friends, who would be your best friend? I mean, the first and most obvious choice is Amy because she's dumb and rich. So, you know, like that's the f- and her parents are uh, crazy about grandchildren. So going after Amy is like a no brainer. Plus, she works at Planet Express. So by an ex- by extension, you could be friends with Fry and Leela and Bender. And I mean that—that's about it. Like you don't want to be friends with Zoidberg; he smells terrible. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Hermes Conrad is, you know, only anal thirty-eight point seven percent of the time, or whatever it was. And uh, I mean, Professor Farnsworth's a little like you know doddering old relative of uh, Fry's. Um, he's a little nutty, but yeah, I mean, it's tough. Like, there's a lot of really awesome characters that, uh, you know, I would not be friends with, uh, with, uh, Zap Brannigan. I would probably be friends with Fry because he's like a weirdo and an outcast and, you know, that's kind of like our jam. But, uh, yeah, probably, you know, maybe I would copy Fry and I would be best friends with Flexo. Maybe I would do that. But, uh, Definitely, uh, I would be friends with Fry, I think. What about ye? I would be friends with the Hypnotoad. Hypnotoad is a good choice. No, uh, Nibbler. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nibbler and I would be best friends, and Nibbler would tell me all of the secrets of the universe, and then at night he would curl up at my feet. And, and we sleep together. You could go on adventures. You could yeah. dress him in his little like, Nibbler. oh look, you look so cute in your in your sailor suit. This yes. is my naval uniform. I keep telling you that. Ah, you so cute. I mean Nibbler's look, fucking he's adorable. On a spoon. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's quite beneficial. In the oh, sense yeah. that, you know, his his excrements are uh Starship fuel. Right. It's kind Dark of priceless. Matter. Starship well, fuel. To a point, up until the uh, events of Bender's game, after that, no longer a, no longer a uh, uh, starship fuel because they negated it with the anti-backwards crystal. But that's. But though he would be, he would be a really good friend to have. He's a really good friend to have when you don't know what he is and you just think he's this really cute little thing. He's an Babylonian. Um, but then obviously, like he's a really good friend to have when you do know what he is and he can talk. He can talk. I wish my cats could talk. If cats maybe could I talk, don't they wish my cats could talk. If cats could text you, they wouldn't. If cats could text you, they wouldn't. Oh, 
Yeah, so def- definitely Nibbler. I don't know if there's really. I, I would want to. I would want to party with Bender. And Bender. Slurms McKenzie, the original party <laughs> worm. Slurms McKenzie, the original party worm. Wimmy wham wham wazzle. I mean, the fact that, you know, for me, the thing that's so appealing is the fact that you could travel to all these different planets. Like, they get to the moon from New New York to the moon in under three seconds. There's whalers on the moon. There are whalers on the moon. They carry a harpoon. Yeah, they have a... That's uh, from the Fungineers. In order to be one of those, you have to have a Fungineering degree. Wow. Uh, address all, all complaints to the Monsanto Corporation. Um, I'm trying to think of who else, because let's face it, in the world of Futurama, there uh, are, are some characters that don't necessarily have the most redeeming qualities... Yeah, I mean, yeah, pretty much robots, all of them. Uh, some of the humans, some of the the aliens and stuff. Not the not the best. Um, I don't know. I think you know. I think Leela and I would get along. Probably, you're both no nonsense. Uh, she does a lot more karate than you. She does do a lot more karate than me. Yes, um, but you know, we we both like boots. Mm-hmm. You know, so like that's something we would have in common. Um, you know, we both have at least one eye like totally compatible hmm yeah it seems that way right uh she has purple hair i have pink hair you have some purple too like you know we're just we're just i i feel like our on a on a bff scale you know we're we're, we're, we're pretty compatible pretty evenly matched you'd probably keep her away from zap brannigan though. oh yeah no i'd be like bitch what is you doing yeah like, don't don't make that mistake again. I'd be friends with Kiff too. Kiff seems Kiff's, Kiff seems cool. Kiff's, yeah, he seems he's nice. He's just a little too much of a pushover. Oh yeah, in a in a huge way. Um, um, definitely wouldn't be friends with Zoidberg because you know Zoidberg. Uh, I'm trying to think. You know, I mean, I'd probably fr- be friends with the Crushinator. Yeah, but she lives you know, on the moon. Go visit. That's true. Um, what about, uh, um, not Roberto, he's too crazy. Um, Cubert and Dwight so are annoying. Calculon, I would be friends with Calculon. Calculon, he would do lots of dramatic pauses. Mm-hmm. Cats have dramatic pauses. Dramatic pauses. Uh, so... In the Futurama universe, current celebrities, you know, celebrities in our time and before our time, uh, are heads in jars. Yes. Is there anybody you would like to, like, see as a head in a jar? Like anybody I would go visit? Yeah. Oh, Weird Al. (laughs) Um, Weird Al, George Lucas, Mark Hamill, uh, Nicolas Cage. Um, I don't know who else would I go see. Uh, Stephen Hawking. Um, mm. Al Gore has like rocket jets on his uh, jar. Um, uh, I think that's about it. Like I don't know. Like it all depends on what the situation is. Neil deGrasse Tyson. Um, he'd probably sit there telling everybody how it's impossible to have uh, heads alive in jars, and you just tell people that all day. And he'd like just sit there debunking the science, despite the fact that you know he is himself a head in a jar. So, um, 
Yeah, I think I think that's probably it. What about you, RuPaul? Yes. Yeah, I figured Lady Gaga. Be like, Shantae, you stay, head in a jar. And she's like, it's not like I could Shantae away. Uh, sashay away. Sashay away. Uh, yeah, I think RuPaul would be a pretty fabulous head in a jar. Yeah. Yeah, I think so, too. I would collect them. Be like Pokemon. No, they, they have to stay in the head museum because they have to, they can only have the, uh, there's, they stay alive through the crystalline opal, and there's only so much of it in the entire universe. I would still want to collect them. Yeah, well, you would have to live at the head museum then, so bye. Bye. So that's a pretty good place to uh, take a quick break. Uh, let us know who you would want to be friends with and who you would want to hang out with in the Futurama universe. And uh, we'll take a quick break, and when we come back, we will talk more about Bender Bending Rodriguez. And why is he so great? That's right. Deadly Grounds Coffee knows how important your coffee is to you. Every batch is roasted to perfection with a unique special method that brings out the richest, deepest, smoothest flavor you'll ever find. We're coffee freaks, too, and deadly serious about our brew. Just one sip and you'll know why we say, once you go deadly, you don't go back. It's truly coffee to die for. So when you're ready to get a little deadly, get online and order yours at getdeadly.com. It's coffee so good, it's scary. Are you looking to add to your collection of sports memorabilia? Trying to find that grail item to show off to your friends? Do you like to win? Then head on over to the Major Sports Drops group on Facebook. From pucks to jerseys, bats to helmets, Major Sports Drops is your place for sports memorabilia items dropped daily. Signed by today's stars as well as Hall of Famers. Joe Montana, Jerry Rice, Mike Ditka, Barry Sanders, Wade Boggs, Zdeno Chara, Odell Beckham, Lamar Jackson, Frank Thomas, and many more autographs have already been pulled. You can get in on the action for as little as $5 per spot. There are multiple drops each day, with special contests also running at various times each month as well. So join the Major Sports Drops Facebook group and get in on the action today. Crap singing. Mind if I smoke? Cigars are evil, you won't miss them. We'll find ways to simulate that smell. What a sorry fella, rolled up and smoked like a Panatella. Here on level one of robot hell. Gambling's wrong and so is cheating, so is forging phony IOUs. Let's let Lady Luck decide what type of torture's justified. I'm Pit Boss here on level two. Ooh, deep fried robots. Just tell me why. Please read this 55 page warrant. There must be robots worse than I. We checked around, there really aren't. Then please let me explain. My crimes were merely boyish pranks. You stole from Boy Scouts, nuns, and banks. Ah, don't blame me, blame my upbringing. Please stop sitting while I'm singing. <clears throat> Selling bootleg tapes is wrong. Musicians need that income to survive. Hey, Ben, are gonna make some noise with your hard drive scratched by the Beastie Boys. That's what you, what you, what you get on level five. I don't feel well. It's up to us to rescue him. 
Maybe he likes it here in hell. It's us who tempted him to sin. Maybe he's back at the motel. Come on, Fry, don't be scared. I'm sure at least one of us will be spared. So just sit back and enjoy the ride. My ass has blisters from the slide. Fencing diamonds, fixing cockfights, publishing in decent magazines. You'll pay for every crime. Knee deep in electric slime. You'll suffer till the end of time. Enduring tortures, most of which rhyme. Trap forever here in Robot And we are back. Time to talk about uh, Bender Bending Rodriguez, also known as Bending Unit 22, unit number 1729, serial number 2716057. Uh, for those of you who have never seen Futurama, first of all... What's wrong with you? Holy crap. Like, like this is... <laughs> A great show. Although, you know, there's a lot of folks, you know, that I've had these conversations with. It's like, well, I love The Simpsons, but I don't like Futurama. Or I, I hate The Simpsons, but I love Futurama. You know, it's the same thing like when there's multiple spinoffs of a show, like, say, uh, Family Guy. Well, I like Family Guy, but I don't like American Dad. You know, I don't like the Cleveland show. You know, like, not everybody likes everything. I mean, I tend to like a lot of stuff. But, but I mean, you know, in the, in the sense of, you know, in the... Uh, Futurama versus the the Simpsons, like it's it's really not the same at all. No, where you it's know it's not a spinoff, right? It's not a spinoff. It's not even the same premise. It's something completely different. And to be honest with you, I actually like Futurama better than the Simpsons. There are there are a couple of carryovers, like you know, uh, Dan Castellaneta is generally well, the voice of the robot yeah, devil. There are yeah, yeah. A couple of, of similar writers, actors and yeah. stuff. Yeah, I mean, some of the Tress McNeil is on both know, shows. Some of the humor and stuff. Some of the jokes. The art uh, style is be, very similar. So, it, yeah, there are some similarities, but that's just because it's from the same creator, right? You know, like, and obviously, if you if you're creating something and you enjoy working with certain people, like, hey, I really enjoyed working with you on this project, so I'm going to bring you along to work on this next project with me. So, you know, there are going to be some things that look and feel similar, but like. As a whole, it's a completely different premise. It's a completely different show. And I think that Futurama is, I mean, I think it's a lot funnier than The Simpsons. It's definitely and I smarter. I think that it has a higher rewatch value. It was one of those shows that we watch. Uh, there are several shows that we put on, you know, just kind of like we're getting ready for bed and trying to get settled in and stuff like that. Shows that we've seen numerous times stuff before. Stuff that we can put on in the background. That, like, you know, like that you don't really have to think about. Uh, and Futurama for us is one of those shows because we've seen it so many times. But, you know, upon rewatch, you know, and, and we're, we're actually currently rewatching it. Well, we've been for the watching a lot of Bender shows, Bender episodes. Times. Yeah. Well, yeah, in preparation for this, but that kind of is. One of the things that gave us the idea, like, hey, we're going through another rewatch. Why don't we just cover one of these characters? Right. And, you know, there's a lot of times where, you know, there are some references to The Simpsons. And, you know, each, you know, in Disenchantment has a reference to uh, Futurama in it, you know, multiple. But there's one blatant one that, you know, suggests that they take place in the same universe. Because when the... Uh, Again, a Bender-heavy episode when they uh, travel forward through time repeatedly. Uh, the late Philip J. Fry is the name of the episode. Um, there is, in a, in a blink, like, you know, they keep traveling forward, but there is a point in um, 
one of the episodes of Disenchantment where they show up for a brief, a brief like fraction of a second. You can see Bender Fry and the Professor in that time machine, um, in the you know wh- while somebody's doing something magical. I, I forget exactly. I'd have to rewatch uh, Disenchantment again, but um, you know the very first episode of Futurama has a a blatant reference to the Simpsons with Blinky the Three-Eyed Fish. So there's a lot that, uh, you know, I think that makes people think that this is just kind of like an extension of the Simpsons, except this is, you know, supposed to take place in future New York. You know, nobody, you know, everybody's not yellow. Everybody is like normal skin tones. Well, I mean, some people are yellow. No, but I mean, like, not like the Simpsons, where they're like everyone's right. not no, yellow. It's, uh, plus, they they have scientists on their staff, the writing staff. To twelve kinda... twelve people with PhDs write, th- help write this show. Like, they're not the only writers, but like they they have created uh, in the episode where Bender goes undercover as a Duke because they switched bodies. Um, there is a formula because the rule of the the mind switching device was like say ashes and i went in and we switched minds we can't then go back and switch back because there's a uh, an immune response so we would need at least one other person so like you know we could switch with will mouse so i could switch with will mouse and then will mouse could switch with ashes and then we'd be back to where we wanted to be but because it got so convoluted and so many people switching minds and switching bodies and everything, they uh, they had to come up with a, a mathematical formula in order to uh, in order to explain everything. Uh, and I forget what it's called, but like there's a, I mean that's not what the point Which of the episode so is. Which is just so freaking cool, by the way. Right. Yeah. It's super cool. Uh, they came up with their own fake language, like the alien language that's written everywhere, and then the fans started deciphering it. So they changed it, like they evolved the language that you see. So like what you, the symbols and stuff that you see in the first few seasons and what you see in the last few seasons, totally different uh, symbols, different meanings. Uh, it's, it's pretty awesome. So Bender, uh, we get to meet him in the very first episode. And uh, they're in line for a suicide booth. But, but Fry thinks it's a phone booth. Right. You have to remember that Fry comes from the year 1999. So, I mean, some of the technologies that he's used to are, are completely obsolete at this point. Like, you know, the payphone and the phone booth. Except they, they do have not, those. Not, like, not completely obsolete, but um, pretty... I, I honestly can't tell you the last payphone I saw. Well, it's funny because... Basically, what you see a lot with Fry and, like, the technology of the time, like the TVs that they have, are tube TVs. Like, they're all watching tube TVs, but they look slightly more futuristic. Like, you know, there's scenes where Bender's like, something's happening on... uh, Bender should not be allowed on television. That episode where he becomes the... uh, He gets on to all my circuits with uh, Calculon. He, uh, He carries a TV... That has an antenna. And when was the last time you saw one of those? But they were fairly prevalent in 1999. Not anymore. Um, You know, so they kind of made, like, 
slightly futuristic versions of the technology that they had at the time. Um, you know, Leela's got her wrist communicator, which is very similar to smartwatches. Mm-hmm. So, like, there were a few times where, like, they kind of nailed it. Um, you know, the whole tube system that they have looks kind of like a hamster habit trail. Yes! But it's pneumatic, which is interesting, but we never get to see where the actual, like, pneumatics come from, like where the air is being pushed to and from. Uh, but I think they 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 do a good job of taking things that already exist and sort of uh, take them to their logical concu- conclusion, like the Radio City Mutant Hall, um, City Hall, which is sponsored by Citibank. Like, so, like, there's... There's some interesting stuff there. Like, when they go into the internet, it's all dial-up modem. hmm And it's like, okay, you know, there's no... They don't uh, They don't have Wi-Fi, at least not in the initial few seasons. Like, you would think that that's something that would be like, oh, it sh- the wi- internet should be wireless at this point. But it's like, nope. Like, because there's a, a scene where they all go into the internet and... The professor pops in like they use avatars to go in like a, almost like a VR type thing. And the professor pops in and says, I need to use the phone. That makes sense uh, at the time, you know, 1999, 2000. Not anymore. Like if you show this to, you know, a 10 year old, he'd be like, I don't get it. Let's dial up. Why can't why can't he use his phone? Like, is it too much of a strain on the Wi-Fi? You know, because. You don't plug your internet into a phone jack anymore. Right. So, like, there's some, as well as the show is put together, they basically just took the existing, uh, the existing technology and just kind of elaborated on it. Put a some, bit. like, you know, racing fins on it. So, we chose Bender because Bender is great. great. Uh, he's a great character. He's voiced by. John DiMaggio, and uh, he is—he has been uh, described, and this is uh, from the episode "Crimes of the Hot," uh, in which global warming is a huge problem. Mm. Which they were—they were right about that, uh, and their solution was to move the planet's orbit slightly and extend the year uh, by one week, which became known as Robot Party Week. But. Uh, Lousy smarch weather. <laughs> Bender uh, uh, is shown to be very uh, emotionally invested in the fate of African turtles who have uh, migrated to the Netherlands to uh, to be in cooler weather. And Leela says to him, she goes, a turtle isn't yourself. Why do you care about it? Because Bender is very self-centered and cares very little for anyone or anything aside from Bender. Although we will get into yeah, some see, of there that. there are and, and that's his tough macho exterior. Uh, his words, not mine. And he's like, you know, but it, you know, I also care very deeply about things that remind me of myself, and you know. We both have, you know, he's talking about the turtle. He's like, we both have a, a hard outer, sh- outer shell, and but we both lead rich inner lives. And, well, you know, and Leela says, 
what, you're both alcoholic, whoremongering, whoremongering chain-smoking gamblers? And he's like, no, neither one of us can get up when we're, you know, on our backs. And they decide that they want to test his uh, erectile dysfunction. Hermes words, not mine. So, like we said, Bender is very, uh, when we first meet him, he's very, uh, he's he's a complex robot, and I think he has... Well, I mean, when we first meet him, he's kind of distraught. He, the reason why he's in the suicide booth is because you know, he's a bending unit. And he has been bending girders. To make me. suicide boosts, and that does not sit well with him. He kind of has like a, a an existential a, a crisis. crisis. Yeah, yeah, he goes into crisis mode. And, and well, that's what I'm saying. Like Bender even makes a point in one episode, uh, the one of the uh, tales of a- anthology of interest. I don't have emotions, and sometimes that makes me very sad. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe Bender has some form of sentience uh, akin to Johnny Five or. If you read my most recent article, R2-D2. Well, I think that comes from Bender. uh, If you you see the episode where you get the backstory of Bender, he is looking for Inspector 5. And come to find out, it's it's Hermes. Or the only human whose opinion he even remotely cares about. Uh, Inspector 5 pretty much saved Bender's life. Uh, they do this whole cute little thing where, like, a baby bender is born on a conveyor belt, and he's got, you know, his bottle of beer in one hand. And, you know, Hermes looks at him and just thinks that he's so adorable. And even though his backup system is damaged, it doesn't exist. It, yeah, right. It doesn't exist. Um, he's supposed to, you know, as the inspector, this robot mark is defective. defective. He's supposed to mark him defective and, you know, that's what's supposed to happen but he didn't he marked him as good and bender lives a life because of inspector five right who is hermes so i believe that it's because i mean you know him living this life without this backup unit this is the only life that he has and they bring that up a couple of times you know he only has maybe less than a billion billion years left left on earth you know, because he, he, you know, he has this, uh, he wrestles with mortality in a way that the other robots don't in have In that to, specific episode to begin with. You know, because he does not have this backup system. His consciousness cannot be put into another thing. Right. He can't move his consciousness into a, a copy of himself. Right. Like every other robot. Like, you know, we've seen this happen with the robot devil. We've seen this happen with uh, Calculon. But I think that... The lack of backup kind of gives him a conscious. But he's also incredibly durable. Uh, we have seen him disassembled and reassembled in all sorts of various shapes. I mean, he sold his body. Well, not only that, that was one of the uh, first one, A Head in the Poles, which is that one where uh, Nixon uh, uses a, a loophole that nobody can be elected president more than twice and Nixon says yes but as you'll see I have a shiny new body so he's using that as a loophole uh, he sold because of the uh, the uh, inflation on titanium and Bender is you know as we will get to you know various proportions of various uh, various metals and other compounds 
uh, he sells his body, makes a ton of ton of cash. Uh, but you know, you would the only thing you'd get for his head is the five cent deposit. Um, he he's been you know in the uh, uh, Roswell that ends well, the episode that won an Emmy. Uh, they accidentally went back in time, and his body was reassembled into the shape of a flying saucer. And Bender was then left for over a thousand years in the uh, New Mexico desert, buried in the sand, until his friends found him. Uh, we have also seen him last millions of years in one of the anthology of interest episodes, uh, when all his uh, all his friends turned into oil because he, and he lost track of time singing "Bender is great." Hmm. <laughs> um, <coughs> He's definitely the most, I would say he's definitely the most complex character out of everyone on the show because of the things that he has dealt with. He's uh, definitely a religious figure. He has met with God and the devil numerous times. Uh, He's been to robot hell repeatedly, gave up his firstborn son without a second thought in order to get revenge on Fry because... Fry thought human lives were more important than robot lives. And that's a lesson that Ro, uh, Ro, uh, <laughs> Robot Bender learns by the end of the episode. Kill all humans. Except, except one. one. Fry was that one. Um, and we see, you know, how much he means to Fry. Like Fry tells him at the very first episode... He's like, wow, you really want a a robot as a friend? And Fry says, yeah, ever since I was six. And Bender always, you know, one to take advantage of the moment, says, all right, but if anybody asks, you're my debugger. I don't want people thinking we're robosexual. And robosexuality comes up eight seasons later, Proposition Infinity. Mm -hmm. Whole thing happens about that. Um, And... The, um, oh shit, what was there? Was a, all right. So when they're being chased by Leela, Bender says he can only do the things he's programmed to do, which is bending. And he can bend a girder to any angle 30, 30 degrees, 32 degrees, 31. But while in the Hall of Criminals, and this is something that a lot of like really hardcore Futurama folks have pointed out. Because this is a show that sets up a lot of future episodes. There's a lot of foreshadowing. Um, in the Hall of Criminals at the Head Museum, Bender accidentally uh, steps uh, directly under a, a bare light bulb and gets electrocuted. And he had said right before that, you're full of crap, Fry, and then he turns and gets electrocuted by the light bulb then he says you make a persuasive argument fry and bends the girders or the the bars to get out of the uh out of the uh, the room that they're trapped in because he had said he goes i can't bend these what do you think i am a d bender like he can only do what he's programmed to do and then later we find out that when bender is reset he automatically whatever he's surrounded with he kind of like imprints on, and that's what he uses as his uh, his programming and like you know his basic uh, 
drive, so to speak, because at one point he thinks he's a penguin because he is surrounded by penguins. He even speaks penguin. Uh, you know, he just wants to cram his, his gullet full of mackerel heads. I know that's a different episode, but... Um, and he lives as a penguin, even going so far as to sitting on eggs, which does not does not turn out well. Um, and the theory goes that Bender was a straight-laced, you know, I'm only going to do what I'm programmed to do type of robot. But when he got electrocuted and his CPU got reset, the first thing he saw, he was surrounded by criminals. And he became a criminal because Bender is known for drinking and smoking and stealing. He even sings a song about it in uh, A Bicyclops Built for Two. I love stealing. I love taking things. Like, that's what he does. And he tries to gain notoriety by stealing things. Like, you know, what's the, big, what's the point of pulling the biggest pool caper of all time if no one knows you did it? And got away with the contents of three lockers and a sink. So, I know you have a lot of notes. Bender has one of the most iconic voices on the show. How did that happen? So, John DiMaggio uh, originally actually auditioned to be the voice of Farnsworth, Professor Farnsworth. And at the time, the creators didn't exactly know what they were looking for when casting the voice of Bender. Bender was the hardest voice to cast. Um, and they went through, what, 300? 300 auditions. Auditions uh, looking for the perfect voice for Bender. And they weren't sure if they wanted him to be more, like, automatronic, you know, like, tinny, uh, you know, what you would think of when you think of a robotic voice or if they wanted him to be more, just say, we'll say human-like. Yeah, yeah. And so for John DiMaggio's first, uh, let's say interview, first audition, you know, he went in and he was doing it, you know, for, for Farns Farnsworth. And he did pretty much the voice that you hear for, for Bender for Farnsworth. And they're like, well, that, that, that's not right, but, but come back, we, we want you to audition for for this other character this robot character so he did and they liked the fact that they made him uh that that john dimaggio made him sound drunk you know instead of this like eloquent robot you know uh like robbie perfect, the robot from you know uh, Lost in Space or, or Forbidden Planet or, you know, the super hyper-intelligent robots that you would see in, like, Terminator or something like that. Um, and I believe that that's where they got the idea to make the robots run on alcohol. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So alcohol has a different effect for robots than for, for humans. You know, humans, obviously, it... Uh, Makes us perform not so good, even though we think we're performing really great. Because <laughs> it's a poison. <laughs> um, it does the opposite. It actually fuels the robots. The robots perform better on alcohol. Uh, a sober bender does not do well. No. Uh, the, the legal limit uh, of... Uh, because they talk about that in, again, the same one. and I'm, The bird bot of Ice Catraz. That's the name. Uh with the uh the the penguins uh bender is flying drunk 
and uh, rips open all 6,000 hulls of the Juan Valdez uh, oil tanker. And his blood alcohol content, I guess you could call it blood alcohol, even though he doesn't have blood. The blood alcohol content was 0.08%, well below the legal limit for robots. And Bender, another thing he does, and he doesn't do it often, but he does do it in the first episode. It's a, uh, a, a, a colloquial saying that, like, I hadn't, I had heard a few times, but, like, Bender literally shits bricks when he's afraid. Uh, he's done it multiple times. Um, I think it's interesting. Not everybody has heard that, but, you know. Uh, and maybe it's just like a regional thing, but I've heard people, you know, I'm going to shit, bri- uh, uh, shit in bricks or shit in kittens, uh, you know. Shit in kittens? You've never heard that? Like, oh, they were so mad, I thought they were going to shit kittens. You've never heard that? Uh, no. Uh, you know, no, they, again, no, I, I have not. Is that really a thing? That's the thing that my mom said, but my mom grew up in Connecticut, not around here. So... You know, again, it could be a regional thing. Well, is it your mom also says some questionable things to begin with, so... Right, but, like, that was a thing that was said more than once and, you know, by my mom's side of the family when I was younger. So I think it was just something that they said when they grew up. So uh, Bender also has a really interesting reaction uh, to magnets. Yes, magnets uh, act for robots the way alcohol acts for humans, where it... Uh, removes their inhibitions or as Bender says uh, it it impairs his inhibition unit he has lots of different units you know and because it's a a sci-fi cartoon it all depends on what needs to drive the plot forward as to what Bender has in his chest cavity sometimes he has buttons or switches sometimes he has electrical outlets it all depends on what needs to be done with you know, whatever happens to be the the visual j- joke, the sight gag, um, or you know. Sometimes it's a w- a a place to stash Lucy Lou's head. Yeah, sometimes Pavarotti's in there. Pavarotti was in there originally, and then that's where we put Lucy Lou. But also, um, in the episode Fry in the Slurm Factory, they use the F ray to look inside Bender, and they see all these different gears and inner workings, and then. Seconds later, they're not there anymore. You know, it just all depends on what needs to be done for the sight gag. He's 40% empty space. So, <clears throat> Bender has had, uh, just in the in the brief time of the show, which was, you know, 10 years, if you count uh, everything together. There were 10 seasons. Season 6 was actually a series of four movies that they put together because the show had been canceled after five seasons. And then, you know, the fan outrage was so great that they're like, all right, we'll bring them back. We'll do a few uh, a few seasons of, you know, a few movies, which they then broke down into 16 episodes. Um, and then they got brought back by Comedy Central. And then they got canceled again, and they got put on sci-fi. You know, so they ended up with 10 total seasons when you break it up like that. But Bender, uh, so to give you his full quick rundown, his full name is Bender Bending Rodriguez because he does mention that his his name is uh, his middle name is Bending. Bending's my middle name. Uh, he's also known as Co- Coilette, T- 
Titanius Englesmith. See, I always heard it as Englesmith, but Englesmith makes a lot more sense. So it's one of those things I'm glad I got to see it in writing. Uh, as well as Ramblin' Rodriguez. Uh, he was temporarily a, a, a fembot in order to win five gold medals. Well, yeah, and, and ends up almost marrying Calculon. They, re- they removed his testosterone oil and replaced it with femzoil. Um, Representing Rabonia. Yes. Rabonia. Coilette's a chick's name. Yeah, but... A land Ra- I didn't make up. Rabonia sounds like something you just made up on the spot. You ever been beaten up by a guy dressed as a chick? Um, he's also known as Bender the Offender. Uh, during the his gender bender. Yeah, I was going to say during his professional wrestling days, but then when his popularity waned, he was known as the uh, gender bender. And uh, later on, when he became uh, part of the superhero trio, he was known as Super King. Uh, he is the assistant manager of sales and chef at uh, Planet Express. He is a former suicide booth construction worker. He has had many girlfriends. Uh, the Countess de la Roca, who was dropped into a uh, uh, black hole, or she let go so uh, he could escape. And he was slightly more upset to find out that the giant necklace with the huge jewel in it, according to him, the size of a raccoon's brain, he was more upset to find out that that was fake than his his love interest being sucked into a, a black hole. Uh, then there was Angeline, uh, the Planet Express ship itself, when it got a new uh, personality and was Sigourney Weaver. <laughs> a cuddly caper. Taper. Taper. Not a caper. What's a taper? Taper is uh, uh, like a... Like a tapeworm? T-A-P-I-R. It's a uh, a mammal with like a weird snout, not quite like an elephant trunk, but very short and... Uh, they're black and white. Uh, I believe they're South American, but I'm not 100% sure. Wow. Um, I learned something today. Then there was uh, Calculon. He was engaged to Calculon when he was uh, Coilette. Uh, he was uh, engaged to Amy Wong during the Proposition Infinity about robosexuality uh, and broke that off when he learned that uh, they wanted to fight for uh, monogamous relationships for everyone. He's like, monogamous? And he totally changed his mind. There was Lynn. We never get to see. Um, And then there's Bev, voiced by Wanda Sykes, with whom he had a little baby named Ben, who wanted nothing more than to go to bending school and be a bender just like his dad, but he couldn't even bend a straw. The problem is he only had one port, one memory port, so he could either go to bending school and become a bender like his dad or remember who Bender was. He couldn't do both. So Bender did the right thing and installed the bending port, uh, the bending program in his uh, expansion port, even though Ben would completely forget who he was. Um, but that doesn't take into consideration all of the children he adopted. Right. They were all named Bender Jr. Well, he also had an unnamed son that I mentioned earlier that he gave his firstborn 
that he mm-hmm. gave to the robot devil in exchange for getting revenge. Uh, then he has a, uh, a, uh, a, a his rich uncle Vladimir, which was the uh, curse of the wear car episode. Uh, he has an unnamed older and younger brother. And he is originally from Tijuana, Mexico. That's where he was born. And even inside his door, when it makes sense for the jokes, because uh, he told uh, Zoidberg that he was uh, offended by one of his custom shell options. He goes, I'm Mexican, and I find that offensive. And it says, you know, made in Mexico, H-O in Mexico, inside his, uh, in his door, which uh, I thought was good. So Bender claims throughout the show, again, when it makes sense for the joke, uh, that he has various uh, percentages of different metals and compounds and other abstract ideas, I suppose, because at one point he says he's, what, 40% luck, Uh, Mm -hmm. 30% empty space. So you have you have the list there. Why don't you go through the list? Yes. So he is an iron osmium alloy consisting of 40% zinc, 40% titanium, 40% dolomite, 40% luck from horseshoes, 40% chromium, 40% wires, 40% scrap metal, 40% iron, 30% iron, 0.04% nickel impurity. empty. 40% platinum. He's 40% ass when he is an elephant seal. 40% osmium and 60% storage space. Yeah, so he's uh, well over 400% of being... uh, He's constructed of 400% stuff, which, again, you know, partially... um, Again, for the jokes, like when he needed to rescue Fry's dog. I don't think he really knows exactly what he's made up of. So one of the things I think I I find quite charming about the Bender character is that he tries to uh, act smarter than he really is. Sometimes he he acts like he knows things when he doesn't necessarily know. Except that one episode when he could predict the future because he overclocked his CPU so they could finally beat those Korean girls at the uh, video game. And he was able to detect uh, to the second when ceiling fans were going to fall, especially on Zoidberg. But he became a a, a supervillain. Or Fry asked him if he was becoming a supervillain. He just kind of narrowed his eyes and walked away. <laughs> But I think it all depends on what the story needed and what the joke needed. Um, Well, he's also a character of various catchphrases that come into play to aid the story. Oh, yes. I mean, he has... uh, Like in the episode, War is the H-Word. Yes, we get to see... uh, They list Bender's top ten most frequently uttered words. With... Hold Number. on, hold on, hold on. Let's Oh, are see. you going to play it? Yeah, okay. yeah. So here, here it is. You just like the way that they say that one word. Number 10, jump. Number 9, jumpette. Number 8, yours. Number 7, up. Number 6, pimp mobile. Number 5, <laughs> bite. Number 4, 
Mai. <gasps> Number three, Shiny. Number two, Daffodil. And Bender's number one most frequently uttered word, the word which, if uttered, will blow up this entire planet, ass. <gasps> we don't have long. I mean... You just like the way they say pimp-mobile. Yeah, Billy West as as uh, as as uh, Zap Brannigan, pimp-mobile. It's almost like on the screen you see it as one word, but he says it as like one and a half to two words. But Eph the first thing Ephesus we ever on the first syllable. Yeah, pimp mobile. The first thing, the first phrase he ever utters is "bite my shiny metal ass." And Fry says, "Doesn't look so shiny to me." And he goes, "Shinier than yours, meat bag," which is another one of his catchphrases: meat mm -hmm. bag, uh, flesh pile, uh, skin tube. Like, there's a lot of you know he has a lot of uh, derogatory nicknames. Uh, when he sells his body and is just a head, he refers to them as coffin stuffers, and then says, and then crashes his little uh, his little uh, remote controlled car, and then asks, "Hey, can one of you coffin stuffers ca please carry me?" Uh, what else you got? So, well, I have a question for you. Yes. What is your favorite Bender moment? Favorite Bender moment. Um, ooh, that's a good one. Um, I mean, he's got some really good lines, like uh, "Luck of the Fryrish," where they're they're uh, going to dig up Fry's uh, what they think is Fry's brother for uh, impersonating him and taking over his life. And Bender's just like, "There now, no one can say I don't own John Larroquette's spine." Like just <laughs> random, like. Um, or when he when uh, Fry talks about um, bringing Seymour back to life, and oh, he would you know he would go get bones, and Bender opened up his uh, his chest cabin uh, chest compartment, and he's like, "Hello, Charlemagne," and he had like bones with a crown, um, like some of the. Some of the better moments, though, um, when Bender's, like, pleading for attention, like, when uh, Nibbler's getting attention mm -hmm. and Bender isn't, and he's like, he's like, I would look nice, too, if I had a cape. No one ever gives me a cape, and, you know, you know, like, he wants to sleep in a little bed with his name on it, and, you know, like, all these different things. Um, inviting Fry into his into his home. Being willing, you know, as as self-centered and selfish as he is, being willing to cut off his antenna in order to live with Fry, uh, which well, we learn is tantamount to uh, uh, castrating yourself. Because Bender lives in a closet-sized, no, an apartment-sized, no, a closet-sized apartment, and Fry lives in an apartment-sized closet. Yeah, Bender's apartment, uh, that's where they were living. Uh, it was two by two cubic meters, and Fry you know, couldn't lay down. There was no bathroom, anything like that, and finally they decided to move back in together. Uh, this was uh, I Roommate, the third episode and 
they decide he's like, "Whoa, I think there's a window in the closet," and they open up the door, and it's this massive fucking apartment. But Bender, being a robot, only needs like this tiny little space. Mm-hmm. But there's this huge apartment. He's like, "Bender, why don't I just live in here?" And he's like, "Live in a closet, Ugh. like, like that's a great, uh, that's a great moment." But Bender does a lot of things selflessly in order to help Fry, even though, uh, according to Fry, I know he's evil, and on more than one occasion he actually stole my blood. Uh, But all he wants is Bender back. Bender is his best friend. And Bender doesn't have any friends. Everyone that Bender deals with, you know, like uh, the Fender speaker he, he sees, helps get him addicted to electricity. But Fry's the only one who, like, believes in him after he finds religion and then promptly gets him to give up his religion, but then goes to hell to save him, you know? And Bender will, uh, he tried to give his, he almost gave his life to save, uh, to save Fry when, uh, he was supposed to scare him to death. And, uh, Bender takes over the robot, uh, the robot devil's body and tells Fry that he loves him and pushes him out of the way so he doesn't get crushed by the uh, the barn or whatever. Like the, it almost looked like a geodesic dome barn that they were building on the Amish planet. Which that's a great episode. But how about you? What's your favorite Bender moment? So there are a couple. Uh, one is when they install like that, that put the, oh, it's the collar. The empathy chip? Yes, the empathy chip. That they hammer into his head? Because he flushed Nibbler, Nibbler, Nibbler down the toilet. This will show those filthy bastards who's lovable. Because he made a huge cake for Nibbler's birthday. And Nibbler ate the whole thing while he was trying to spell check it. And... No one would believe him. So, yeah. So he flushed Nibbler down the toilet. And uh, obviously, Leela completely distraught. And as some sort of, like, punishment towards Bender, they install the empathy chip. So he is really in tune with Leela's feelings, which is obviously the last thing he wants to be. <laughs> yeah, because they have to they have to tune it just right to get onto her emotional frequency. It's like, wow, this will allow uh, Bender to experience my emotions? Yes, if by allow you mean force. Because uh, Professor Farnsworth does a lot of uh, questionable scientific things. Yes. Like when they go into his lab and, and Leela's like, hmm, smells like burning rhesus monkey. And Farnsworth goes, oh, well, I guess when you're around it all day, you stop noticing it. But I like that episode. That's a really good moment, especially when they're out looking for him. Come to daddy, sweetie. Here it comes. Uh, the episode, um, well, actually, the, the movie, Bender's Game. Bender's Game, is that's when he becomes Titanius Engelsmith because and he... Because he's, he's playing D&D. He's tr- he, but he doesn't have an imagination. But his imagination, uh, when he finally unlocks it, he's so powerful that... That coupled with the uh, the fact that the two crystals they use are uh, of a uh, very unstable nature, like they're using them for D12s, 
and they shouldn't be because they're like the key to unlocking uh, dark matter as a source of fuel and or negating it as a source of fuel and they go on like this whole long uh, Lord of the Rings-esque fantasy mm-hmm. journey. He does have a great line in that too and he was like What's that, a hobbit? No, it's a hobo and a rabbit. They're making a hobbit, though. Uh, and the episode where he loses, uh, he's in that accident, and he loses, he's almost like robot paralyzed. And yes. And it's the Beck episode. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking Bend-Aid. about. Bend-Aid. Yeah, when he uh, turns his stomach, well, he, he doesn't turn his stomach into a washboard, but uh, he realizes that he can play the washboard on his stun is uh, yeah. shredded up abdominal area his his torso because it's basically like the head the the torso body the 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 storage unit part and then his four limbs yes so he's has they 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 attach um like he has like a robotic they take the, the yeah they take the thing that beck was using uh because he was he's a head in a jar and he had like these two little uh like helper things bidactyl uh hands that were holding the uh uh the harmonica that he was using and they respond to you know your your thoughts and so they clipped it to bender and so it would respond to his thoughts and it was acting as his hands like while he was excited like he would you know he would be gesturing with the two little robot hands as opposed to his arms. Uh, it was it was really funny. Um, yeah, that's a really good one. You know, because even then, he's like, oh, he's like, oh, we could do a big, you know, thing to bring awareness to broken robots. And he's like, yeah, but don't forget who the star is here. Me, Bender. <laughs> and he's writing a song. He's like, okay, hands in the air rhymes with just don't care and done. Because uh, Bender, all all he wants to be is a uh, folk musician, uh, and we see him get into several scrapes with uh, can openers, mm-hmm. um, and that tends to be, yeah, that's what happened to him. They were trying to open a, a can of whale oil, and Bender got all mangled up, uh, and according to Bender, a can opener is uh, what killed his dad, uh, which we never see or, or hear any other reference to his father the entire time, which is interesting. And we do see his, uh, his mom as like a, uh, I don't even know, like a, like a robotic arm. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's a, like an assembly line arm, Yeah. which is interesting. You know, he does get a card, you know, happy birthday, son number, whatever. So he's clearly got, you know, if we go by that, hundreds and probably thousands of siblings we do get to see uh he does have an identical twin except for the evil beard uh flexo um who it turns out that the evil bender the whole time was bender not flexo flexo ends up in a uh in a uh what you call it what do they call it a turkish it was like a uh an alien turkish prison or something uh, but you know, again, like what we were talking about with um, with Bender, he has um, all kinds of different 
different things that are uh, only apparent or only uh, visible when it serves the uh, the the plot. So Bender is uh, five feet six inches, um, but he's a little over six feet if you include his antenna, uh, and he is fog hat gray. That's the that's the color scheme that he went to because it was either fog hat gray or or gold and as we find out in the Par- Farnsworth parabox when he flips a coin he decides and we we meet the uh the uh what did they call him like they weren't evil but they they kept saying that they're evil but parallel parallel bender everybody that uh the 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 main difference between the two universes was um they kind of branched off based on the outcome of coin flip. So everything that happened in our normal Futurama universe was slightly different or opposite in the other. So Bender went with fog hat gray. So that's why he's uh, that color. Um, he can make him his arms and legs much longer. Uh, and his arms are... Uh, Gropey and cheaty. Those are his. Those are his. Uh, the names for his arms, the extensomatic arms, the so gropey and cheaty. But yeah, he's got. Uh, oh, let me see. Let's see. His body has a socket for a microphone jack, a dual socket power receptacle, a reset button, a kill set button, a kill switch button, a self destruct button, uh, and the. Uh, Hardware-based self-destruct control on his body rather than in his software prevents Bender from committing suicide. Although, we do find out that he does have a self-destruct code very similar to that of the Starship Enterprise, 1A, 2B, 3C, because when George Takei says that, part of Bender's head explodes. Bender says, great, Takei, why don't you just tell everybody? So what is your... uh, what is your your overall thought on Mr. Bender? Bender is great. That's what he says all the time. No, Bender's one of those really uh, fun characters to watch. I think that he adds, obviously, a lot to the story, um, a lot to the the universe around him, you know, being Fry's friend. You, sometimes he's the reason why they're in the certain situations that they are in. Sometimes he is the reason why they get out of the certain situations that they're in. Um, you know, sometimes it's both. Sometimes he gets them into the certain situations and then he's able to get them out. Uh, it's interesting to see uh, the kind of impact that these characters have had on the pop culture around them. A lot of people are fans of this show. Uh, still, you know, I was looking... Um, when I was doing some research and stuff, and when I Googled, you know, Futurama, it gave me listings of like, oh, you know, it's going to be on this channel at this time and this channel at this time. So, like, it's still, even though it's not, uh, you know, there, it's no longer, like, current. There aren't any new episodes. The series has ended. You know, it's still being regularly replayed on several different channels. Yeah, and... You can see the entire series on Hulu. I mean, there's that, yes. Which I like. Uh, The other thing that I like is uh, I own, and this is another, you know, argument for having physical media, because I have the four movies on DVD. 
and you can't wow. just watch. Well, you can't just Digital watch the movies. Discs. Well, you can't just watch them anymore. They're all broken up, and they have yeah, intros and outros. Right. Um, you know, they have like voiceover from John DiMaggio or, or uh, you know, other other uh, actors. When it comes to, it's like, oh, last time on Futurama, or next time on Futurama, like, you can't see them as intended anymore. You know, every because everything is broken up. Once they went to streaming, they turned that into season six. So everything got broken up. Each of the four movies, there's uh, Bender's Game, Into the Wild Green Yonder, uh, uh, uh Bender's Big Score and Beast with a Billion Backs, uh, which all, I mean, they are sequential. There's a reason that they are in the order that they're in. Um, but they all get broken up into, instead of four movies, it's 16 episodes. So it's not quite the same, um, which is <sighs> unfortunate, um, although I do at some point want to get the big box set with everything in them. Because um, I, I think that has the four movies as four movies. But, you know, I was lucky enough to get them when they came out, which is good. It's kind of like how Star Wars now, it's very difficult to get, like, the despecialized versions of the original trilogy. Now you can only get the ones that have McClunky in them. McClunky. But I mean, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of this character, and you know, he's one of those characters that has had uh, an impact on other stuff, while also simultaneously being an homage to you know '80s cinema because he's named after uh, Bender from The Breakfast Club. That's where he got his name. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> um. You know, and has a similar attitude. But, I mean, you know, speaking of homages, he's, you know, definitely an homage to, you know, um, like that, oh, why am I drawing a danger, Will Robinson? Robbie the Robot. Is that who that is? Yeah, it's the same robot from... uh, but what's the show called? Lost in Space. Lost in Space. Oh, 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 I thought you meant, oh yeah, because I mentioned yeah, that no, earlier. No, I was going to say, like, he's definitely a, an homage to, you know, those types of, of dynamics, like the the B-movies of the 60s that involved, you know... Well, I mean, it's, and again, this sci-fi is Sci-fi in space and having a robot friend and... Thinking about this, uh, you know, as, as a... You know, stuff we talked about earlier and now something that I'm coming up with you know as we're talking about this uh Bender's catchphrase in The Breakfast Club is eat my shorts which is then what Bart Simpson's catchphrase is uh so clearly Matt Groening was heavily influenced by John Hughes movies um he probably watched them while he was home alone and from there Again, taking things to their next logical futuristic step a thousand years in the future, bite my shiny metal ass is the logical conclusion or the robot equivalent of eat my shorts. Eat pant. So <laughs> eat pant. Okay. Uh but yeah, there's there's a lot more that we can talk about. Um you know, Bender's desire to commit lots of crimes. You know, at, at one point, 
the uh, feminista eco-terrorists uh, kind of, uh, while he's responsible for their arrest, he is also responsible for breaking them out because he wants his rap sheet to be longer than theirs. Like, it's a point of pride that he's been able to commit so many crimes. There's a whole episode about that, about, you know, his whole predestination. You know, is he going to jail because, like, these are the crimes that he committed and he's cool and, you know, committing crime is cool? Or does he get get off scot-free because this is what he was programmed to do? He has no free will of his own. And it ends up, you know, at the end of the episode... They don't know which way the free will unit is supposed to be switched on. So there's still no way of knowing if he's acting of his own free will or if he's just doing what he is pre-programmed and predestined to do, which is one of those questions that has plagued mankind forever. And we get to see it done in a humorous fashion. And right, they don't a, give you a definitive it's answer. It's a parody on nature versus nurture, which is a... A uh, hot topic. Well, no, for... this this particular one is if God exists and God has a plan, how can there be free will? That's I mean, they do the nature versus nurture thing as well. But this particular episode is free will versus predestination. Like, you know, he, he even says when he meets God, he goes, do you know what I'm going to do before I do it? Yes. Well, what if I do something different? Well, then I don't know that. So that's slightly, slightly different from what you're saying, but they do have multiple episodes where it's nature versus nurture, and even Fry brings that up. He goes, you know, you don't have to do things just because, you know, someone, you know, just because your parents did. He goes, look at, look at, you know, my parents were both hardworking, honest people. So there's there's a lot of philosophical. Uh, questions and scientific questions that don't have answers that are brought up over and over in the show and that's kind of a a byproduct of having 12 people with PhDs so do you have anything else you want to add all right so this seems like a good place to uh, wrap up so we'll take a quick break and uh, when we come back we will wrap things up and give you our new battle At Strong-Willed Sports Memorabilia and more, our mission is to raise as much money and awareness for pediatric cancer research as possible through the giving away of authenticated, autographed sports memorabilia and more. All proceeds from our games will be donated to various pediatric cancer foundations, with the majority going to the Dana-Farber Cancer Institute and the Jimmy Fund. Our mission to give back began when Craig and Kara's son, William, was diagnosed with a stage 4 Wilms tumor, and his courage to fight and overcome his cancer ultimately led to the start of the hashtag Strong-Willed Movement. For more information on how to donate and support this great cause, please visit the hashtag Strongwilled Sports Memorabilia and More Facebook group. Greetings, weary adventurer. Do you have a taste for the exotic? Do regular snacks no longer provide the thrill ye seek? Would ye rather eat a cod piece than another boring candy bar? And it's time for ye to sink your teeth into Mythical Meats Exotic Game Sticks. Mythical Meats offers a wide variety of exotic flavors based on creatures of legend to give ye a snack experience of epic proportions. Like it hot? Try the Spicy Creatures Sample Pack featuring dragon, chupacabra, and 
werewolf. More in the mood for something a bit milder? Try the Creatures of the Sky sample pack with Pegasus, Griffin, and Phoenix. Can't decide on which one you want? Why not try the Exotic Flavor sample pack featuring all ten flavors so you can find your favorite? Go to mythicalmeats.com to see the full selection of flavors and place your order. All orders over $49 get free two-day shipping. Mythical Meats Exotic Game Snack Sticks. So good, they're legendary. I'm Raymond Rodriguez, the new greatest folk singer ever. Now I'm going to sing my new masterpiece, The Ballad of Me, Ramblin' Rodriguez. Well, my bad-hearted woman loved a smooth-talking gambler, so I ran him over with my train. Lord, Lord, yes, I ran him over with my train. Well, Big Caboose was a steel-driving son of a gun till a bad-hearted woman he spied. A temptress named, I don't know, Jezebel. Well, Jezebel's heart did wander when she saw that rambling man. He was tall and dark and shiny and a native Mexican. And we are back. I hope you've been enjoying this uh, this uh, informational and instructional. I don't know about instructional, but informational uh, uh, information about Bender. And, you know, of course. <laughs> informational in- information. Yeah. Yeah. I ran out of good words to word good with. Sorry, I, I think I missed that episode of uh, Schoolhouse Rock. Yes. Informational information when you're in, uh, as opposed to outformation. I, I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, Bender, obviously there's like tons and tons and tons more stuff, you know. You know, we, we didn't got to even play. talk about uh, when he was Santa. Yeah, the multiple time, yeah, the the times he was Santa. Because uh, I was just thinking about that. Because that was one of the songs I thought about putting up was the uh, "This Trinity's Going to War" with John Goodman, Coolio, and uh, Mark Hamill. Because Coolio is Hanukkah zombie, John Goodman is Santa, and uh, Mark Hamill is no, Mark Hamill is Hanukkah <laughs> zombie. <laughs> yes. Mark Hamill um, is Quanzabot. Yeah, no. No, Coolio is Quanzabot. <laughs> Sorry, I got them all confused. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we gave you the uh, the Robot Hell song, which is one of the best ones, and um, the uh, the Ballad of Ramblin' Rodriguez. And it's like, you know, uh, you know, Phil Lamar's got an excellent singing voice. You know, when he takes over and sings towards the end. Um, John DiMaggio might, but he was basically just singing as Bender, which is difficult to do when you're doing a voice that isn't your own voice and you're trying to sing. It's really difficult because uh, I may or may not have a theme song for for Will Mouse. But uh, yeah, the, so I hope you enjoy that. I hope maybe you learned something that you didn't know, or if there's something that you know we skipped that you wish we co- did cover, you know maybe. You know, in a while, you know, we'll we'll revisit Bender or Futurama or, you know, maybe we just talk about robots. But with that being said, you know what we didn't mention? And I mean, granted, this this doesn't have really much to do with Bender, uh, but Futurama has one of my favorite sight gags to the point where every time we rewatch this, rewatch mm-hmm. this one part of this one episode, like I just can't help but 
giggle and even like thinking about it makes me makes me laugh a little bit. It's when they're skiing. Guten Tag, I'm going skiing. <laughs> no, uh, no, that's not from that American one. Dad. Uh, but when they're skiing and Leela says trees down. Hold on, hold on. I'll, I'll uh, give me a second. I'll, I'll pull. I'll pull it up, and we can, we can. Uh... But yeah, because Futurama is a very smart show, and it is known for their uh, their sight gags and um, their. Incredibly funny. Oh, hey, there are singles online now ready to chat. Oh, that's good. That's, wow, that's good for That's them. good to know. Um, Rolla, it's time. That's an ad for Raid Shadow Legends. There we go. Look out. We're heading straight for those trees. Yeah, yeah, relax. Trees down. Trees down. Cool. Hey, what do you do if you want the trees up? Trees up. <laughs> <laughs> And of it's course, so Bender comes stupid, by. Stupid, but it's so funny. It's and like a, it's every an effective single gag. time, like for some reason, it just has not lost its charm. So and good on the writers for uh, making that happen. When when Bender, because uh, we can tie it back to Bender, when Bender snowboards past him, he uh, he and he yells, "Looking good, Meatball!" He's he's uh, snowboarding by, and buries Fry in the snow, and. Uh, one of the uh, ski rangers, I don't know what you call them, uh, comes up and is like, sir, are you where you're uh, sn- snowboarding off the path? And Bender says, lick my frozen metal ass, and then f- <laughs> proceeds to go right over a cliff. <laughs> Which is another great joke. Like, there's a lot of really good humor in that whole uh, that whole segment. Because um, that's that's one of the Xmas episodes. It's the first Xmas episode. Yeah. Uh, when they go to cut down a pine tree and there's no pine trees because they cut down a uh, palm tree and Leela goes to use the axe, but she doesn't use the blade of the axe. She hits a button and there's a laser that comes out of the handle and mm. that's what cuts the tree down. It's convenient, really. Uh, that's the one where he's like, I'm going to get, I'm going to buy you so many lizards. <laughs> buy you so many lizards. Um, but, you know, that being said, we have uh, a new a new battle this week. So if we have a new battle, we have to play the battle theme. Maybe. So this week we are uh, breaking down and we are calling this one, I'm going to check my notes, Robo Trumble. No, that's Robot Rumble. My mistake. I know we've done that before and we've used the same joke, but hopefully uh, this is somebody's first episode and they never heard it before. Well, I mean, to be honest, if anyone has ever listened to this show or those who, who know you in real life and have had the opportunity to have actual conversations with you... They can attest to the fact that Patsy recycles jokes a lot. You know, it's you know, you know what the key to a good uh, uh, postal worker joke is. It's all in the delivery. What's the battle? <laughs> oh, I was pausing for people to finish laughing. Uh huh. So we have a uh, Robo Trumble uh, or Robot Rumble, however you would uh, you would like to uh, 
put the emphasis on yes, the syllables. Whichever syllable you would like to put the emphasis upon, uh, however you'd like to uh, arrange the the letters. So we have uh, Bender, of course, because he's great, and, and he does have experience as uh, a uh, professional wrestler. Mm-hmm. We have Roberto, who is uh, crazy. Well, he likes to stab people. I'm just gonna practice my stabbing. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. Uh, <laughs> Helper, who showed up uh, when Bender was lost in space, uh, and they couldn't catch up to the couldn't catch up to him even if they rubbed the engine with cheetah blood. And uh, the uh, X one uh, one robot one X I almost said X one robot one X from uh, Obsoletely Fabulous, where. Uh, instead of getting the upgrade to make him more compatible with... We didn't even talk about this. Instead of getting an upgrade to make himself more compatible with a robot that was clearly superior to him, he ran away, took a sign that said no boating, folded it into a boat, and ran away to an island and downgraded, and when he came back, he was made of wood. (laughs) That's right. So it's uh, the 1X robot, voiced by Phil Lamar. Um, let us say Roberto, also I think voiced by Phil Lamar, and Helper, also voiced by Phil Lamar, which is just funny. I mean, he does a ton of voices on that show, so I mean, including Silicon Red. That was the name of the character from Ramblin' Rodriguez. I knew it was Red something. I couldn't remember. But that's our our battle for this week. It takes place, obviously, in the uh, Ultimate Robot Fighting Arena. They cleared out the uh, apes from the ape fight, so they're going to have ultimate robot fighting. And uh, do we have a... Oh, I know. We'll have the uh, special guest referee, the Crushinator. The Crushinator! Oh, Bender, you didn't touch the Crushinator, did you? Of course not. Lady, that's fine. You have to romance. <laughs> that's uh, from one of the first episodes uh, with uh, when they're on the moon. They're whalers on the moon. No, oh, I went we to high school with that guy. Um, so what do we ha- what do we have coming up? We have um, we'll probably talk about. Uh, I know we have He-Man and the Masters of the Universe coming up in the next few weeks. Yeah, we're putting to putting together a uh, an all star cast for that show. Oh, that's going to be so much fun. Oh, um, also be on the lookout because uh, there's a very special holiday. A week from Saturday. Oh, my God. For those of you who, uh, you know, I, you guys might not be religious, but, you know, it's free for everybody to uh, to celebrate. July 17th is uh, St. Branrick Powhall Day. It is the, uh, he is the patron patron saint of uh, sharks that wear Kangol hats. Um, and you must celebrate by uh, doing lots of puns and uh, eating your favorite snacks. So you make puns at every opportunity and have snacks at every opportunity when you're not making puns. So always do one or the other for the entirety of that day. Uh, we also have, so we have, uh, probably do a Black Widow coming up because Black Widow comes out. Uh, so we'll review that. We got Loki we got to talk about. Yes. Yeah. A lot of uh, stuff wrapping up. And I foresee a Black Summer episode in our future. Yes. You just finished watching so Black Summer. I, I you know. Uh, the show came out in 2019, and the second season just dropped uh, mid-June, so pretty recently. So this is this is your warning. 
to watch this now. I had never seen it. Patsy actually binged the, the, the two seasons. I binged it, and I told you how good it was. And then you had uh, July 4th, we, this past weekend, you were yeah. like, oh, I'm not doing anything today. I'm just going to watch And you started I'll watching watch it. some zombies. Uh, I love zombies just Mm -hmm. you know i love my cat zombie Zombie. (laughs) i love zombies we did a great episode last year i believe kind of doing a retrospect of 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 zombie and the zombie character and kind of delve into the history of that Mm -hmm. but this is so different it's much more realistic and you know there was something about the the storytelling and the way that the characters are presented and just how it's, I mean the, the writing and everything like it's I'm not going to say any more about it. If you've seen it, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And if you haven't seen it, Netflix. if you're interested in any way, definitely check it out. I mean, it's an easy watch. You yeah, know, we both had both seasons. I watched it in two days. And both of us had uh, similar experiences where it's like you're watching an episode and I, it's like, oh, the, this episode must have only been, what was this, like 15 minutes long? That's weird. And it's 43 minutes because it's just the storytelling is so good and the story flows so well. Well, and, and the story flows so well from one episode to the next. And when, you know, you're watching it in binge watch mode on Netflix, like I had no idea at one point how many episodes I'd watched. I, I thought I was still on the first episode. I didn't realize, A, that much time had passed. And the storytelling is so seamless that it just brings you from one episode into the next. Like, it's so well done. So if you are interested in watching this show in any way, I highly recommend it. Might have to get some people on for that, too. we're going to be talking about some of these characters. Definitely the characters that... uh, made it from season one into season well, two. Let's There's not, a couple let's of not say anything. Well I mean, you know, it's, it's this is this is like the zombie version of Game of Thrones because you're like, oh I really like this. Oh he's dead. Oh I really like Oh yeah. he's dead. Like it's very realistic in that sense where it's like, oh this is so cool. Oh man, I and didn't it's realize such he was, a, you know, as someone who started out being a huge fan I used to love The Walking Dead. I walked. The, I, I used to like religiously every Sunday. That was our thing. We sat down and we watched the new episode of The Walking Dead, and we did that for you know a, a few seasons. But I think I stopped watching it before you did. Yeah, I was still it watching just, it for a while, I, and then... I just couldn't. I, I just I just couldn't anymore with it. You know, I, the the storytelling got laggy, and it was. They just, stretched just, out five <sighs> minutes. Of storytelling into you know, half a season. And I just felt like they just kind of kept baiting you to continue to watch it. But then, yeah, like, nothing doesn't... would really happen. And I was just like, you know what? I can't deal with this relationship anymore. So, I mean, I, especially that first season, so good. So good. Groundbreaking, even. Uh, but then it just kind of, you know, it, yeah. So, anyways, uh, it's definitely different than that. The way that it's presented, the storytelling, and I don't want to say too, too much. I'm going to save this for the actual discussion, but the zombies themselves. Yes, very cool design. And you have uh, you still know, have no idea what the uh, right, what caused like, the outbreak. You know, it just, Although uh, Walking Dead's the same way. You still don't know what caused the outbreak. The, the zombie characterizations themselves are just so well done. And I liked, I, I like the concept and that's all i'm gonna say because we'll talk about that more at a later date but yes watch black summer it is so 
good. Yeah, so the next few weeks, you know, Black Widow, Loki, Black Summer, uh, He-Man. He-Man. We may we end up doing, like, a live episode on, like, a Saturday or something, you know, just so we nah. can... Although that's guy, a really good Skeletor. That's not bad. That's nah. not bad. Now, now you just ruined it. Now you made it. Weird. <laughs> um. So, anything? What else we got? I think that's about it. I mean, we're working on some guests. Yeah, we've got some stuff coming. Oh, I know what I wanted to talk about. Uh, go to uh, the Facebook group because there is a fundraiser for our buddy Andre Gower. Who had a? Uh, I forget what the exact uh, term was. It was some sort of. Uh, uh, he had a, basically he had a clot in his uh, right cardiac uh, atrium. I think it was. He had a really. He had a heart attack. Heart attack. Yeah, he had a heart attack. He because had the kind of heart attack that they call the widowmaker. Because mm. most people do not survive. It's, and, it's similar to the heart attack that uh, Kevin Smith had. And had he gotten to the hospital, they told him he had 10 minutes to spare. So if he had been, you know, late or there had been traffic. But, like, there, he's been posting the story to social media, you know, can, kind of keeping people up to date. This happened Saturday. Um, he was playing tennis. He wasn't feeling well. He went to urgent care. They threw him in an ambulance because they recognized what was going on. The ambulance took him right to the cath lab. The cath lab uh, put the uh, put a stint in. Well, they they put the thing up to break up the right. They they to knock loose the uh, unclotted the clot. Yes, first. the clot. And then they caught the clot, pulled that out. Yes. Um, and then they put a stint in. So, you know, he's doing better. He's home now. But, you know, 10 minutes, 10 minutes later and we would be having a different discussion. But because of the way our healthcare system works, uh, he has huge medical bills now. And, you know, we're, we're going to be, you know, we're posting for his uh, fundraiser. You can go to monstersaregood.com as well um, because he's doing a fundraiser, you know, Buy one of the shirts, and the proceeds are going yes, to help Andre. Yes, there is a specific shirt that Sam First— Monsters are not bogus. Yeah, uh, Sam First of, you know, creator, founder, Our designer friend. of Monsters Are Good, yes, and past guest uh, a couple of years ago when we just did the— um, Universal Monsters. The, correct. Uh, he designed a fantastic shirt where the proceeds are going towards Andre Gower's bills. And there is also a GoFundMe as well. So mm -hmm. buy a shirt, donate, do both. Um, you know, it's uh, and, and vote for universal health care. I'm just going to throw that out yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like. He, nobody should have huge bills like this. And this is a guy who is a big fancy movie star, and he still needs help paying his hospital bills. So you know, like. That's it, some it's, it's, you know, it, it costs a lot of money to live. Yeah. It costs a lot of money to survive. So, uh, yeah, universal health care. But anyways, definitely check that out. Um, do we it, have any more announcements? Uh. Entries are closed for, uh, yeah, for the Amalgamania the award, Amalga Awards. annual Amalgamania Podcast and Entertainment Awards. So we Judging like to will be starting soon. Thank those who submitted their show. You will be hearing from our associates soon via email, yep. and more information will be 
given regarding the nominees and the live show coming uh, the end of August. August 29th. Correct. That's Emma's birthday and Michael Jackson's birthday. Well, happy birthday to them yes. both. Emma's a little younger. And a little more alive. Emma Extreme. That's, that's She's going to be seven. How is she going to be seven? Because oh, she was born. And yet I haven't aged a day. <laughs> I have a painting uh, in my closet that stays pristine, and I age terribly. <laughs> you're, you're doing the reverse Dorian Gray. Yeah, I just have a regular painting. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't have the Dorian Gray you painting. You did it wrong. <laughs> I have the regular one. I got gypped. Um, totally got screwed over on that one. Uh, but yeah, um, help out if you can. If you can't donate, that's fine. A share. Share it. Share it. Share it far and wide. Uh, what's it? Something far and wide with friends that you, you tell know? to that friend. You you tell no, 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 five no, no, friends no. The, and they the tell thing from Elf. Something mm-hmm. share it far and wide, and then if you want to avoid it, you'll have to hide. I don't. What is the? <laughs> I don't even know what you're talking. No, sing a song. Something like what's the song? Loud and clear, the, so everyone can hear. Uh, best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to That's hear. That's what it is, but r- r- make up your own thing, because I can't do all the heavy <laughs> lifting for you. Make up your okay, own thing so, 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 about so take spreading this, the word. But like, make make it up. You Do all the hard work. Yeah, make it up like, yourself. I, I just did an hour and a half of free entertainment. They can make up their own little phrase. For Was it really free? Yeah, it's you free. You cost them an hour and a half of their life. No, they get to. <laughs> you get to. So I think on that note, so it's probably a good time to uh, wrap things up. Uh, I will be expecting your uh, your little phrases uh, next week. And uh, I think with that being said, we, we will, will see you next Thursday. Thursday. Hey, this is Andre Gower from the Monster Squad and Wolfman's Got Nards, a documentary. And you are listening to Throwdown Thursday. Throwdown Thursday.